And I love that idea. Have a brainstorming session. Uh, this is an invitation to come and explore the power of exercise to uh, enhance your creativity. Come with whatever idea you're working on, you're gnawing on. And we are going to have the best workout that you've ever had and then have whatever, 15, 20 minutes at the end of the class to uh, discuss this idea. We're going to we're going to have everybody present their ideas for discussion uh, just just to start brainstorming and see what comes in this in this atmosphere of great mood, high energy the ultimate possibilities. I mean, that's, that's the high that I get when I go to exercise classes. Like anything is possible. Look at that workout that I just did. If I could do that, anything is possible. Hi, this is Amy, the senior group fitness instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm broadcasting from our new Southern Command Center in Tampa, Florida. Amy and I just completed our 1,600-mile journey to our new digs down here. And uh, I'm all set up in the dining room of this rental home that we uh, were lucky enough to find until our new home is completed here uh, later this year. Through strengths tests and those type of things, where you're trying to identify what's your core personality, and mine has always come out to be an idea person. I know that I feel best when I am creative, coming up with new ideas, and I know that whenever I'm lacking in ideas, I typically need to exercise and not teach. But uh, my favorite time typically is to jump in and take one of Amy's classes on Saturday morning, and about midway through, the ideas just come pouring through. Where there's real science around all of that, and I, it's the internet, so it's hard to remember exactly how you got connected with somebody. But I found a doctor of neuroscience at New York University who's actually written a book called Healthy Brain, Healthy Life, where she explores um, the neuroscience around exercise and She's actually a fitness instructor, and I've got her on now. Her name is Dr. Wendy Suzuki. So, and I can, I asked her earlier, so I can call her Wendy. So, welcome, Wendy. Thank you, John. Wonderful to be here. Give everyone just a little understanding of uh, your journey in fitness. I grew up in California, and I was pretty fit growing up, as a lot of kids are in California. Once I uh, got hired at New York University and, and really focusing on starting a new research lab, and I was so excited to do that, I found myself just spending way too much time at work. That's all I did. Work, 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 work. Uh, go out and get takeout, go home and sleep, go back to work, 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 work. And I found myself, you know, a few years into uh, starting my own lab, 20 pounds overweight, no activity, no friends outside my lab. And um, my wake-up call actually came on a river rafting trip in central Peru where um, it was <laughs> <Okay>. it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprising location, but that's exactly where it happened. I could picture uh, the moment when we were making a fire line from the boat up to the, uh, up to the shore. We were hauling all this equipment, and I realized that I was the weakest person on the entire trip. There were 16-year-olds that were stronger than me, and there were 60-plus-year-olds that were stronger than me. And when I got back, I said, I'm never going to feel like the weakest link on a trip like that. And that was my motivation to 
go to the gym, get a trainer, and, and this time actually stick with a regular exercise program. So that is kind of what uh, initially got me into that journey. Okay. And then you actually proceeded, like many of us did, to enjoy fitness so much, you decided that you could teach it. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I decided to go to the gym and got a trainer, of course, it didn't happen overnight. It took year, year and a half of, of you know, effort to, to stay regular and keep going. But the thing that helped me the most was this class that I discovered at the gym that I loved. It was, you know, I became addicted to this class. And it was this uh, class developed by a wonderful fitness instructor in New York City. Her name is Patricia Moreno. She taught and, and created this class. It's a class called Intensati, and it combines physical movements from kickboxing, dance, and yoga, and martial arts with positive spoken affirmations. So in class with a whole bunch of other sweaty people, you yell things out like, I am strong now. I believe I will succeed. I'm inspired now. And you end up leaving that class feeling like you have such high energy, feeling like a million bucks. And I just remember leaving that class and thinking, I cannot wait to come back to that class because that was that was a high for me. That was the class that really made me realize how much of a game changer exercise was um, in my life because uh, my mood increased, my energy increased. And um, not only that, my social life increased because finally I was getting out of the lab and I actually started making friends outside the lab, which at that time was huge for me. It's wonderful how the club does that. I know. It is. It is. But the most amazing thing that I noticed was when I was at work as a professor of neuroscience, I, I write a lot of grants all the time. And I noticed that during this time, as I was really upping my exercise, my regular exercise, that my attention uh, was both deeper and longer to be able to write these grants. Anybody who writes knows that that you have to focus your attention when you're writing. And not only that, my memory was better for kind of pulling together all the facts from different articles I was reading to try and pull them together into a coherent argument. My memory seemed to be better for that. And basically, writing was going noticeably smoother. And that was something that really made me sit up and take notice. Writing is a difficult thing for me, for anybody. That was the disruptive element of exercise for me on a personal level. It improved my mood, my energy, my social life, my memory, and my attention. And once I noticed that, um, that's when I wanted to explore the neuroscience of exercise at a deeper level. So this is a long, long uh, uh, story to say, first, I had to notice that, okay? Then the next step was I wanted to learn more about the neuroscience of it. I know as a professor, the best way to learn about a new topic is to actually teach an undergraduate course on it. Force yourself to learn it, so you have to teach undergraduate. So the course that I taught was called Can Exercise Change Your Brain? I was going to go over all the literature that I was reading about what, what exercise was doing, which was an amazing set of findings about how exercise changes the brain's anatomy, physiology, and function. But I decided I, because it was, the class was inspired by exercise, that I wanted to bring exercise into the classroom. And so I went to my administrators and I said, could you pay for an uh, exercise instructor? I actually want an intensati instructor to come and teach an exercise part of my class. And they said, uh, sorry, we pay you to teach the class. We're not, <laughs> we're not paying an extra instructor. This is your class. Teach it. 
And so I did the only thing that I thought was uh, the next logical step, which is I said, okay, fine, I'll go to the gym and I'll train myself to become an Enpensati instructor. And that was my motivation to do it. The university, to their great credit, paid for my uh, teacher training. And I actually trained for six months because I had never taught an exercise class before. It It was totally a crazy idea on my part. I did it. I taught that class and an hour of intensati before every, uh, actually it's part of every classroom experience. And so uh, that's how I became an exercise instructor. Awesome. Okay, good. And and already instructing, I'm going to guess it was probably not that difficult or was it difficult for you? You know, it was not difficult at all. It was so much fun. I had the best time at teacher training. The first line of my book, Healthy Brain, Happy Life, is long before I wanted to be a scientist, I wanted to be a Broadway star. And I had this secret desire to perform, but I would never, I was way too nerdy to actually do that in in any way. But somehow this this, uh, teacher training to be an exercise, you're performing, as you know, as an instructor. Correct. It's a performance. And I do that a little bit in my lecture classes, but, you know, with music as a background and yelling affirmations. Oh, my God. It turned out I was in my element and I loved it. <laughs> well, it sounds like a fun class. I'd love to see it sometime yeah, sure. or experience it. Yeah. Well, I just have to get to New York. Just to get to New York. It's a short plane ride from Florida. So come anytime. It is. <laughs> okay. So let's get into the the actual science yeah. in 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 all of this and i realize it's a it's a vast concept yeah. but how how would you go, best describe to you know you're talking to thousands of indoor cycling instructors really yeah. and and studio owners mm-hmm. uh, you know how do you best describe it and then kind of make it actionable for uh, an instructor who's maybe wanting to to add some of these elements into their classes i would say that there are three main messages. You know, you always, all these things comes in threes. Come in threes, um, right. So I think probably the first thing you notice with exercise, everybody notices your mood. Your mood improves. What is the neurobiology underlying that? Well, exercise we know from studies in both animals and humans basically increases a range of neurotransmitters that are decreased in depression. Serotonin and noradrenaline both go down in depression. They are increased with exercise. Another key neurotransmitter important for reward is called dopamine. This is the neurotransmitter that that, um, lights up when you win the lottery, when you drink a, a delicious glass of wine, when you eat chocolate that's going up well. It also goes up with exercise as well. So there's a whole range of kind of chemicals that are changing in your brain stimulated by exercise that help explain the mood boost that you get. That's number one, mood. Number two is attention. And in fact, if you go to the literature, the most common finding in neuroscience studies on the effects of exercise in people, these are studies in people now, as opposed to animals, most common finding is exercise improves your ability to focus attention and shift attention. Ironically, there's a lot of evidence in humans for this finding, but but people haven't studied it in animals where you can get down and understand the real neuroscience underlying it. So attention is a second one. And number three is memory. So I've switched my whole research program from one that studies 
the basics, the uh, basic science of memory to one that studies the effects of exercise on on the brain, including its effects on memory. So there's a nice link there. And those uh, studies are some of the most robust in the literature. Most of this work is done in animals. And the key finding that I think all exercise instructors should be aware of is that exercise stimulates the birth of brand new brain cells, not all over the brain, but in particular in one area of the brain that we know is critical for long-term memory. That area of the brain is called the hippocampus. And so it turns out that uh, without doing anything different, everybody, adult rats, adult people, have a few new brain cells born in their hippocampus. But what exercise does is it amps up that birth. And um, so you get even more brand new hippocampal cells. And we know that those hippocampal cells uh, are better at helping you form new memories. So I don't know about you and all the exercise instructors out there, but I want as many shiny new hippocampal cells in my hippocampus as I can get because it suggests that you're going to have better memory. And in fact, in rats, when they do this, they show that exercise uh, not only increases the number of brand new brain cells in the hippocampus, but their memories are better as well. So mood, attention, and memory. Those are the things that neurobiology has shown is improved with exercise. How about creativity? Okay. Problem solving. Yes, creativity. So I have a story for that, but that was number four. And you're only supposed to talk about three things, but you asked me, so I can talk about it. So, yes, you, yes, you did. <laughs> so creativity is a new frontier in this area of research. And the link is that very recently, only starting in 2007, have we appreciated that um, the hippocampus, which is the structure that I just told you, is really important for our ability to form new long-term memories. Not only important for memories, and another way to think about memory is thinking about the past, but very recent studies have shown that the hippocampus is also important for imagination or thinking about the future. How did they find this? Well, they found that people with damage to their hippocampi, you have one hippocampus on the right side of the brain, one on the left. If you have damage to your hippocampi, you clearly have a memory problem. Nobody would be surprised about that. But somebody, uh, clever, decided to ask whether these people can um, imagine new scenarios that they've never experienced before. They ended up having a, a striking deficit. And since then, um, a number of other studies have suggested that the hippocampus is clearly engaged when people are asked to imagine future scenarios. So imagination is a key component of creativity. And so going back to that neurogenesis, exercise enhances the birth of brand new brain cells in the hippocampus and suggests that it may not only help your ability to form new memories, but it may also help your ability to uh, imagine possibilities in your future. So that's the link to creativity from a neurobiological standpoint. Well, you know, and that makes perfect sense, Wendy, because as I was trying to explain earlier, the personality trait of ideation, mm -hmm. you know, the creation of ideas, as I understand it, is it's not necessarily I'm creating brand new ideas, mm -hmm. but I'm but I'm taking seemingly unrelated uh, memories yes. of, you know, I saw this working, so it it could possibly work in this situation. Mm -hmm. 
and and people would say that's being creative right but what you're saying is makes perfect sense i'm just accessing something in my memory and applying it differently yes exactly exactly okay yeah all right so again this is just fast i'm getting little goosebumps here because i'm thinking <laughs> this is such a this is such a fascinating thing because you know i'm always thinking about what can we do as instructors to en- enhance the value of our classes yes and as a studio owner to enhance the value of of our business yeah you know, the first thing people come to a, a, a fitness studio club for is weight loss. Mm-hmm. And then there are many that, you know, the, the, the tangential aspects is of uh, socialization. And then obviously there's a lot, a lot of people just, I want to be more fit. Mm-hmm. You know, I have goals, uh, fitness goals, those type of things. Yeah. If you could try to target that segment of the population that values creativity. Mm-hmm. And so often, you know, in, in a professional life, how creative you are, and I'm not saying about drawing pictures, uh, but just being able to problem solve yes. and coming up with solutions to, um, it, we've always done it this way, but this other way would be better, mm-hmm. you know, more effective, yeah. uh, cost less, make more money, whatever. Okay. How, I mean, and I'm catching you flat here, but how, how would one go about introducing that into a, a fitness class, specifically an indoor cycling class? I love that idea, and I see a very easy way to do it, which is kind of like what I tried to do in my uh, classroom, Can Exercise Change the Brain? I did a whole hour of this intensati and then had students. Um, the goal of the whole class was to try and get the students to, to think like a scientist, to create new ideas, not just read and, and you know, uh, tell me back what the, what the article, the scientific article that I assigned them said, but to ask the next question. And so to, how do I apply that to a, a cycling uh, classroom? Well, you need to, uh, you already have uh, the first thing that you need, which is exercise. But what you need is an introduction of, of this idea that uh, there's scientific evidence suggesting that exercise can enhance creativity and have what you said before we started this podcast, have a um, brainstorming session, have, you know, uh, advertise well, exactly. it as, yeah. um, I, and I love that idea. Have a brainstorming session. Uh, this is an invitation to come and explore the power of exercise to uh, enhance your creativity. Come with whatever idea you're working on, you're gnawing on. And we are going to have the best workout that you've ever had and then have whatever, 15, 20 minutes at the end of the class to uh, discuss this idea. We're going to we're going to have everybody present their ideas for discussion uh, just just to start brainstorming and see what comes in this in this atmosphere of great mood, high energy, the ultimate possibilities. I mean, that's that's the high that I get when I go to exercise classes. Like anything is possible. Look at that workout that I just did. If I could do that, anything is possible. Right. You know, you've got teams of people working at companies. Yeah. You've got a whole marketing department. You have a whole engineering department or whatever. Is it to get them out of their, you know, normal place of business Get them into your studio as a, as a, and it's not, I don't think it's really any different than these adventure courses, right. you know, that they go on team building kind of thing. But this would be where you would just have a, a private class for XYZ company and they would bring in all their employees or, you know, a, a group, a team or something like that. And then potentially even have someone facilitate you know, the brainstorming right, part of it, exactly. you know, maybe you bring in a big whiteboard and, mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know the the potential is huge. And I do know that if there's some financial gain to come from something, people businesses tend to will will pay a little extra for those type of activities. Right, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I I love that idea, and I can tell you from my classroom, bringing exercise into the classroom was um, a game changer. It was another kind of dis- disruptive idea for my career. Because I'd never done that before. I'd never heard of that done. But I can tell you that the energy that uh, and the enthusiasm that we created um, as we're doing class and with the novelty of actually sweating with your professor before the actual mm-hmm. class. Oh, that must be awesome. You know, I have to I always tell people that um, I'll never forget that very first day of, of this class that I that I developed um, because I walked into this classroom that I've been teaching in for the previous 11 years in a very standard way. But I walked in, you know, clad head to toe in my best Lululemon. It was very, very different for me. And I, I'm not nervous talking in front of a classroom, but I was nervous that day because I had never taught an exercise class at NYU. But the most striking thing is how scared the students looked <laughs> because once they saw me, they're like, I don't know whether I really want to take this class anymore. I, you know, I'm not sure if I want to sweat in front of my professor. But of course, once we started and the music started and it was, it was just pure joy and, uh, so much fun. And all of that energy and enthusiasm just flowed into the academic part of the class. So making it the most interactive and, um, engaged class that I had ever taught in my entire career. And it changed everything because I have never taught a class the same after I, I brought exercise into the classroom that day. And, and the students are, are, you know, they were like, uh, um, um, they were released to create new experiments in a fun way. It's like, you know, if I could exercise with my professor every week, you know, what, what kind of ideas coming out of that that can, can come out of that? And I'll tell you, they were great ideas. I bet. And and your passion for all this is coming through loud and clear, Wendy. <laughs> well, I had such a great time. That's, that's my goal these days is to create classes that I want to go to every week, that I want to teach and I want to take. So that's part of what has shifted for me after, after teaching this class. You are aware of or participating. I didn't. We talked about this briefly before we started recording with an indoor cycling class that is that's doing some research. Tell us about that. Yeah. One of my main goals is uh, in, in my whole research program is to look at the effects of increased exercise and increased exercise that can be quantified by showing uh, changes in your cardiorespiratory level of function. Okay. And so we want people to exercise at a, at a good level that's, that's quantifiable. And then once we get them doing that, then to ask what exactly is the benefit that we see on memory and attention. What are the tasks, the attention tasks that are most sensitive, the memory tasks? Uh, can we show changes in mood? We needed a situation to actually uh, um, really get their exercise to a higher level. So I had the great good fortune to be able to start a collaboration with a fantastic indoor cycling company in New York City called Swerve Fitness. They donated all the classes so that all of our subjects could start to go uh, to these indoor cycling classes three times a week. We're in the middle of the study. We are uh, uh, really, really excited to see what comes out uh, at the end. 
That's awesome. Okay, so how are you quantifying what you're what it is you're doing? Yeah. So there's two levels of quantification. The first quantification is how much did your fitness improve by this increase of, of uh, indoor cycling that you're doing? And uh, that quantification is done by measuring what's called VO2 max, which is uh, the gold standard of measuring your level of cardiorespiratory function. It's a test that you take. You can do it on any exercise. So we're, we're doing it on an exercise bike because that's the form of fitness that they're uh, improving. Uh, and the second level of quantification we're doing for this study is all on the performance on behavioral tasks. We're testing them on a whole wide range of different memory tasks, different attention tasks, and uh, different mood measures. And we, we quantify that before and after uh, the exercise, and we're comparing those changes with changes that we see in an equivalent activity that doesn't include aerobic activity but has the kind of group effect that the uh, the thing about twerk fitness is they ride as a team and so when you go into the studio there are different teams that you join the red team the blue team the green team and the teams compete to see what uh, um, kind of uh, cardio output score that you can get and so we wanted that same kind of competitive team group element and so uh, the control group that we have is um, competitive video games um, and so they come in and uh, they play against members of my lab against each other uh, competitive video games which of course are not aerobic uh, and we're going to look at the differences between uh, those changes so that's probably changed the brain in a certain way but but we uh, um, uh, strongly believe that exercise is changing the brain in a very specific way and we hope to see those differences. Um, hopefully these studies will be completed by December or so. It takes a while to crunch all the numbers, I imagine. So uh, when would you actually... Yeah, the numbers are being crunched as they come in. Uh, the, oh, the, okay. Yeah, the slowness is um, just getting people in. And of course, despite the fact that they're getting all these wonderful classes, um, there is dropout, as you know, from, from you know uh, performance at the gym. Uh, there's a subset of people that will stick with a three-month exercise program where they, they stick to the three times a week exercise and some people drop out. So, you, you, you know, that, that, that contributes to the uh, um, uh, slowness of, of the study. Okay. Well, maybe that's something that we can chat about in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Because oh, we would love to do that. All right. Well, uh, this has been fascinating to talk with you, uh, Dr. Suzuki. And I will uh, look forward to you know, hearing about this, because I think this is something that could be another, as I was describing earlier, uh, um, an offering that a, a club or studio could provide to their corporate clients. Yes. And uh, again, uh, with the emphasis on the fact they're corporate so that they tend to will be willing to pay a little more money. And mm -hmm. I think uh, you could bring some real value to this if you could, especially if you could find some local I'm sure there's consultants everywhere that do uh, brainstorming sessions, you know, that and uh, try to partner together, and and uh, that might make a nice opportunity. Yeah. So, all right, well, the name of her book again: "Healthy Brain, Healthy Life: A Personal Program to Activate Your Brain and Do Everything Better." I love that, <laughs> uh, Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, John. This is a lot of fun. 